And one last thing, Sedano Chara, did we did we want to give him a shout out for finishing the New York City Marathon in three hours, 19 minutes and 19 seconds? That's no, that guy is no, insane. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's worthy of any <laughs> recognition. Yeah, that's well, sick. he's going to haunt you in your sleep. Yeah, well, he always does. What's brewing, everybody? The world is on fire because the Bruins lost for the first time in regulation in forever. Um, I'm here with Lancey, the beauty. We got Chris Gear, the beast. Sup. And I'm Drew Drew Schmoo Johnson, um, a.k.a. And the. Um, Because we got the beauty and the beast um so i guess that makes chris just beast not the beast anyway we have some more important matters to get to but let us know your thoughts about that in the comment section below <laughs> um you guys got anything fancy schmancy to drink I, I heard chris crack a can i heard lancy crack a can too but yeah I'll, I'll take it i've got a an orange av wit a wheat beer brewed with honey and spices uh this is from Coronado Brewing Company, near where I work. I've had it on the pot before. Drinkability, 30. Tasteability, 31. Going with a bussy, I have no idea who was the last guy to wear number 31. Halak? Well, Halak was 41. But... Okay. <laughs> My, plus 10 minus 10 you know it's it's only a difference of 10 uh i have in my hands cold harbor novocaine as i normally do whenever i'm in the cold harbor cold room which is an unofficial thing but uh it's also just your way of knowing that i'm sitting at my parents house currently because that's right i've moved back but i'll be moving again to be determined announcement coming soon <laughs> Only on Bruise News. That's right. <laughs> you have to announce I'm it sure for they a special would love edition. Me, they would love me putting out a special edition of Bruise News to announce that I am a full-time employee somewhere if I get the job. There's, I'm assuming a lot here, but but anyway. Uh, 37s all around, as always, because this is quite literally my favorite of the local brews. It is an 8% double IPA, and I had it at the brewery which opened a brand new facility in August after being in a basement for many years. Uh, it's fantastic. Go check it out. And I am forcing the Bruins and Bruins guys to do a live recording of an episode there in the future. Yeah, I'll be there. Nice. I here have a beverage. It is weak, not a beer. Weak crack. It's not a beer. It's not a cider. It's We're still uh, doing phrasing. I guess a hard seltzer but it is a cannabis infused seltzer that apparently is like a cola so uh we're gonna we're gonna try this out love when drew hosts and uh well the fortunate thing for you is this won't kick in for about an hour and a half so Sick. you won't have to deal with the nonsense depending um, on how your wi-fi works <laughs> that's true i could lag into into later this afternoon um yeah, so this is a Mr. Piff Cola. I guess it's their take on like Dr. Pef- uh, Dr. Pepper, which I definitely get that taste. You can taste the uh, the weedness in here. The weedness. Tasteability is going to be a 37. Um, drinkability, I'm going to go because the thing with these cannabis infused drinks, I've had like, you know, I've had a ton of them. I know I, uh, I've tried some Just literally can't stop drinking them. A lot of them, a lot of them are really dangerous because you can't really taste the, the weed in it. But a lot of those are like, you know, five milligrams of THC or whatever. This is apparently like 8.5. So you can definitely it's it's your IPA in the 
<laughs> in the weed edible drinking uh, atmosphere. So uh, drinkability, I'm going to go with like an 18, but it is good. It is good. I recommend it. Well, I'll, I'll let you know in two hours if I recommend it or not. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll circle <laughs> He'll back. double that Papazaka. <laughs> we'll have a special, another special edition of Brews News to unpack that. Um, but anyway, what doesn't need a bruise news, what just needs bruise and bruins uh, is no one. But we're going to do it anyway. We're going to talk about this regulation loss. What's like that? The, the Boston Bruins? It's like hard to put those those two things together. But, um, you know, they, they had a good game against Detroit. That third period gave up three unanswered in the span of like five minutes or something like that. Four minutes. Uh, four minutes. There you go. Um Personally, I don't think it's, you know, time to hit the panic button at all. But you see you see that collapse in the third period. And that's not how you win hockey games. That's how you lose hockey games. And as long as you can keep it to a hiccup, we're going to be just fine. But um, what were you guys takes on the game and especially that how how the fuck that happened in the third period? First of all, no Bob LaBelle appearances on the podcast today because you're not hitting the panic button. And then second, uh Saturday night was my own personal tragedy of immense proportion because the Bruins lost in regulation. Fine, whatever. I was like, all right, I'll watch the Avalanche. They're playing the Golden Knights. This will be great. The, Aval- the Avalanche just got demolished seven to nothing. And it was like, well, this isn't as fun. And then if you're a San Jose Sharks fan, which I'm not officially, but like, I don't mind the Sharks. I want to root for the Sharks. I want to see them be successful. Now's not the time. They lost back-to-back games, 10-1 to and 10-2, to respectively. So, Ooh, that's how that ended? All right, well, they scored two goals. Yeah, yeah they scored two. They doubled was, their output of the game prior, but I they also still seven, gave up 10 goals. I saw it was 7-1 to in the second period, and I was like, oh, we'll see where this goes. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit of a Sharks fan myself, and uh, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm rooting for the chaos. Like, I, I want them to be as bad as possible. <laughs> But if he wanted to tank, last year would have been it to get Bedard. But, uh, you know. Look, that's what I was saying on Twitter. Uh, like, if you're going to tank, I would rather tank and get the first pick in a medium, like, mediocre year. I don't know, like, uh, what, Celebrini's probably the number one pick. Um, and he looks like he might be pretty dope. Has Craig Button tweeted about it? Because I don't really pay attention to prospects until he does. <laughs> he's a he's a BU kid. He's like really young for a freshman. Uh, he's draft eligible next year though, um, and uh, apparently he's like breaking a bunch of goal scoring records. Like he's he's breaking Jack Eichel records and uh, looks like he's going to be pretty good. He's not like a Connor Bedard or anything like that, but uh, could be pretty good. Um, but I would rather. Uh, tank in not tank in that year, but like be awful in in a year like that, then be historically bad in a great draft year, and then get like the third pick. I mean, it or worked for the Avs. They got the fourth pick, and they still drafted Kel McCarr. But also to to that end, uh, first of all, that guy can do only so well until Northeastern beats him. And the last time the Sharks took someone that was of prominence from BU. They ended up getting Brent Burns out of it because Charlie Coyle, as you remember, was originally drafted by San Jose. As I remember. Minnesota. And then, you know, eventually Boston. But but that's your fun hockey history, the fact of the day. Yeah, we were talking Bruins, but not anymore. (laughs) Now, this is a Sharks podcast now. Yeah, we're on to greener pastures. I I will say regulation prior to yesterday's Sharks game, uh, I had looked up some of their underlying stats and things like that. Um, for their, Both of their goaltenders were at 907 save percentages, which uh, above league average. Um, Quality and, start, kind of. <laughs> and they had faced uh, 98 uh, high danger attempts um, and were well above league average and save percentage on high danger attempts. And the league average number of high danger attempts given up was 66. So if those two things kind of like continue or like one of them normalizes and the other doesn't, uh, then sharks could be in even bigger trouble than they have been. And I think that kind of 
started to show itself last night. Um, very excited to see how bad the Sharks team is. Uh, I the only thing I don't want is uh, Mike Greer to suffer at the. Uh, you know, I don't think this is his fault. Oh no! I mean, the the fun thing about going into an organization that's hitting the rebuild button, uh, not just a reset, but an entire rebuild. It was the last guy's fault, so you just kind of have to live through the mess, and then you get to clean it all up. Uh, so shout out Doug Wilson. Also shout out San Jose. No wins, ten games in, and uh, also shout out to the other program on you, your guys's network that uh, the new Sharks show that is just was, totally blanking on it now but is they, it all all sharks no bite yeah that yeah, one yeah uh yeah the one they, we bullied this <laughs> yeah <laughs> drew, drew sent a tweet down. to them and i was like drew that was kind of mean he was like do you want to delete it i was like nah whatever <laughs> welcome to the big legs kid is what drew said <laughs> um but yeah san jose good times anyway the boston bruins yeah that's a hockey team um yeah that's it that's something that's i the uh, right there. i just noticed in like you know, shooting percentages are hit or miss, literally. That's what they are. That's what um, they measure, yes. But uh, let's see. You go You go down this list here. You got David Posternock, 17.3. Brad Marchand, 13.9. Zaka, 16. JVR, 16.7. Jake DeBrusque with a 4.2 shooting percentage. He's had 24 shots and one goal. Um, I, I mean, the production from... DeBrusque is like notoriously streaky. Last year was the season where he kind of broke out of that for a little bit anyway. I think he he had a decent year all around. Um what do you guys think of his play so far? Because I mean he must be frustrated um with the lack of lack of production. I I'm watching him, like keeping an eye on him, making sure you know he's he's doing all right, just keeping him <laughs> safe. I just check um, in once in a while. No, I, I, I if he says feel like, back, first of all, I feel like it's very predictable when, you know, a guy goes on a, a streak of not scoring. Uh, the fan base starts to turn and be like, ah, get Jake DeBrusque out of here. He wanted to trade a couple of years ago. We need to get him out of here. He's soft. He's a baby. He doesn't want to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, he's still playing well. I don't care. Like he scored in the shootout to win it the other night um, in a big game. So, you know, I don't really care. He's still putting pucks on the net. He still looks like he's dangerous. Um, one of the big things I was looking out for last night after the Bruins gave up those three goals was, is this going to be the type of team? Because, you know, you, you've lost a lot of leaders um, in the past year. So you got to find your identity again. And is this going to be the kind of team that, like, all right, we gave up a bunch of goals. Are we going to lie down and just die? Uh give up or is this the type of team that's going to fight back, maybe give it, give them a chance to win. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like the first people I noticed not giving up were Jake and, uh, Patra. I, I felt like they were giving it some, you know, some good shifts. And, uh, I mean, obviously eventually you get the, the pasta goal from Patra, um, and, you know, a chance to win it, uh, barring a couple of I, I wouldn't call them questionable penalty calls there they were penalties but like you know I'd, I'd rather see him swallow the whistle at that point um but yeah that's that's really all, all I was looking for at the end of the game is like is this team gonna actually try to win this game or are they do they feel like they're done and I nothing I saw felt like they were giving up mm-hmm. and to me that pretends well yeah, I mean they're they're not going to go eighty three zero and zero or whatever. <laughs> that quote is just living on for the next eighty three years. Brett Ritchie will never die. That's right. He, he, will, Nick Ritchie. he will be remembered more than Nick Ritchie for that. The, the Ritchie brothers will live on forever, and they'll eventually big, open up a place in the North End. Boy. Uh, Ritchie brothers burgers. Now there we go. They, I <laughs> I would go there rather than Wahlburgers. But anyway, shots fired. Mark's Wal, Mark Wahlberg. No free uh, advertising. Right. Uh, that's that's why I was going to just drop Duncan in here just because anyway. So, um, yeah, my clearly my thoughts are very well organized. It's early in the season. I've been in the process of moving and like, I don't I don't care, guys. 
the the Jake DeBrus discourse just drives me insane because he's been fine. Players sometimes have streaks throughout the year where they aren't getting the goals because for one reason or another, they're just not going in. Sometimes the goalie makes a save. Oh my God, who would have thought? But um, he's been going to the areas that everyone says, oh, we got to get a guy that goes to the dirty areas. Okay, Jake DeBrus is doing that. He's he's fighting for the puck. He's winning his battles. He just hasn't hit the back of the net. It's okay. Uh, Patra, like you said, Chris, for him, it's mostly been like prove that I belong on the team and he's made the team and now prove that he can be the next one, as they always say when you talk about young players looking to break out. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like they're nine, one and one guys. If they were four, five and two, I would be freaking out more. But you lost one game in Detroit, uh, a place that you for the last five years historically have not done well in. And you only lost by a goal after being short three defenders, one due to inj- one due to uh, suspension, two due to injury. And as a result, you had your seventh defender and probably your best AHL prospect defender as a pairing. Like th- you're, you're going to have an off night. It is fine. It's the- Go outside. It is beautiful out today. It was 59 degrees. You don't see that very much in November. There's uh I think it's the curse of Little Caesars. I just hear in the back of their brains, pizza, pizza. Hey, Drew, I'm glad you brought up uh, shooting percentage because I forgot that I had looked this up. But um, prior to last night when uh, Austin Matthews had a, another hat trick, which is really annoying. Um, after Austin Matthews had started the season with two straight hat tricks, I assumed like, all right, cool. This is his Rocket Richard year. Like, we're just going to we're going to crown him. It's fine. Like, Pasternak's going to have. Uh, a good season won't be a chase or anything, but uh, pasta eventually passed him cons- uh, consistently scoring goals. Um, currently Austin Matthews has 11 uh, pasta has nine tied with uh, who the fuck is this guy? Alex to Travis Konechny, Frank Vetrano. I don't <laughs> who, uh, who are these people? Um, very, very hilarious <laughs> scoring leaders. Um, but that can be, uh, sorted out just by looking at the shooting percentages. Uh, among the top 10, uh, Pasternak has the lowest shooting percentage, which to me uh, indicates sustainable scoring. Um, and I think, you know, I, obviously Austin Matthews isn't going to shoot 20% for the season. And I don't think Pasta is going to shoot 17% for the season. But uh, I do think those two guys are probably going to be the ones battling it out for the Rocket Richard. Um, and I really like what I'm seeing from Pasta so far. I, I think he's just—I always like what I'm seeing from him. I, he's just consistently one of the best players in the league. And every year, I'm—I'm I'm just like, are we like? I'm like a little worried he's just going to regress a little bit. And every year, he just keeps getting better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's always had a little bit of a physical element to his game. But is it fair to say that he's been using that a little bit more mm-hmm. now? Absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely been, been more, more physical this year. Yeah, it's very interesting to see. And, you know, part of that, I just laugh because like he and Milan Lucic are best friends. So it's kind of like maybe he's doing that in honor of Luch while Luch is out of the lineup <laughs> with a foot injury because one of them's got to make a hit and the other's got to score a goal. So what do you mean they're on different lines? <laughs> I mean, you know, they, uh, they hooked up for a goal earlier in the season. That's right. That was exciting. And that was, I didn't get to watch it live. That was Lucic's biggest hit of the year was... Uh, celebrating with Pasternak after that. <laughs> I love how in Detroit after Pasternak's goal, when he almost fell over, you know, on, on one hand, I was watching it carefully and being like, that's how you destroy your knee. If he went completely down on the other hand, I kind of laughed because it was like, yeah, you know, he's trying to avoid colliding with the ref, but it's, it's one of those funny little nuances yeah, so, of the game. So uh, Pasternak averaging 1.82 hits per game this year. That's, that's pretty that's a lot for a a scoring forward who you know we don't necessarily think of as a power forward uh and last season 1.11 hits per game so clearly definitely adding that to his game all i'm saying is selkie you know it's just gonna go from bergeron to Pasternak. hey drew what's going on over there man i'm just gonna check in with the cat real quick (laughs) 
Of course, he freaking stopped snoring. He was snoring the whole fucking episode, <laughs> driving me nuts, and he just fucking stops, and I try to give him his moment to shine. You said that was like an 8 or 10%, right? Yeah. It won't okay. hit for an hour. Checking. <laughs> <laughs> next, next, Drew's going to be like, the cat was talking to me. He was he snoring. Said, he said I have to go out and buy more catnip. And I'd be like, yeah, well, oh, surprise, we have plenty it's a of cat. that. I can't wait to get into some of that later. <laughs> um, yeah. Sick, Drew. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Sebastian was supposed to carry me through that segment. He really was, and he let you down. Um, so where does that leave us? Dallas I do want to, to, to talk about Quatra, though. Um, yes, please do. I love Matt Potter. Like, I I heard Connor Ryan talking about this on his podcast, where every time it's like clockwork, every time he hits that that threshold where it's like, is Matt Quatra slumping? Like the second he hits that, like, oh, he's gone three games without a point. The next game, he's just like, oh, he just scored a sick goal. He finds another and, year, and. Uh, what power play assists to uh, to Pasternak on uh, in the third period, and like they're noticeable plays too. It's not like he's getting cheapies. Um, even I feel like even when he gets a secondary assist, it's always something like, "Oh, nice pass." Um, yeah, I, he is exhibiting the kind of talent that I feel like we saw from. Pasternak early in his career where it's like all right even if the results aren't there pretty easy to see that this guy has like certain elite talents like it's he's better a, to have him in the lineup than not in the lineup get the experience make those mistakes learn from it exactly and he's he's not like particularly fast and he doesn't have a particularly great shot but he is really skillful with the puck and and he is like Jason Tatum, famously only nineteen years old. He is only nineteen. Um, I, I, I'm curious, man. I I really wish like he could have some David Krejci time, like just spend some time with David Krejci because he does have a little bit yeah. of Krejci to his game. But I know, like with the the scoring touch he has, just being around David Pasternak is obviously going to help him too. I mean, it, it's great when he was paired with Zaka and Pasta for a short little while just to get the, the full Czech experience. That is like, you know, it, it's essentially as if Luke Skywalker's ghost comes in to visit and, you know, that Luke Skywalker's ghost in this case being David Krejci. I'm putting this in terms of Drew so that he's able to understand. I don't know when it's going to kick in, but you know, uh, <laughs> so when Drew, it does, he'll be like, Drew drinks "Oh my god, THD I get it!" And he's like Star Wars. All of yeah, I just think I'm in Star Wars. I just binge <laughs> all of the fucking movies, um, which is backwards. Honestly, though. a great idea. I did it when I was sick one time when I was like ten. I watched the six of them. And you got high fantastic. and watched all the Star Wars movies. When you were 10. <laughs> Not the first part, but I did watch all six of them when I was sick and. Uh, all on VHS at the time. That is commitment, I must say. I do have uh, that VHS but, box set. Hey, do you way. know who leads the Boston Bruins in shooting percentage? Matt Poitra. I was going to say, is it, is it Patra? Mm-hmm. Which is, I do appreciate that all three of us are pronouncing his name differently, and I think that <laughs> no one is correct. Patra, Patrae. Patrae. Right. I, so I, I know he played in the OHL and not the Q, but like in my head, just with that last name, he's from Quebec. He should yeah. be, but he's from Ontario instead. And, and Ajax. what's, what's Ontario, funny with his yeah. name is I'll hear someone say on broadcast and I've heard three different broadcasters say it three different ways. And no matter what I'll hear it. And then I'll say it like five times. Someone will be like Patra. And I'll be like Patra. Like I was sitting on my couch and at this point with my parents still look at me and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm learning it. Okay. I think, I think Patra is how he says it. Right. Um, plus everyone calls him Potsy. I'm still stuck on saying Patra. Right. Um, You're just like, I'm not going to respect anything about his family. Well, so here's the thing. 
I it's like me with Lanciani. People would be like Lanciani, and I'm like, it's okay. Hey, we still as call as you. you don't call me Fenichini. Oh no, it's Lanciani. Oh, we no, still call no, you Lanciani. No. It's it's right? so much better. Lancia, Lanciani. Um, now that that is very <laughs> Italian. Uh, I the first time Brad Marchand changed how his name was pronounced uh, in the media. Brad Marchand. I I switched it up at that point and then never went back because he switched it back at one point. And yep. I recently heard him pronounce his own name as Marshan. And I was like, all right, cool. I did I did it. I stuck with the right thing. <laughs> it's funny because I'll use them interchangeably at times. Uh, sometimes I'll be like, you know, Marshy, Marshan, or you know, occasionally I'll I'll mess up and I'll be like Marshawn. I'll be like, I don't even know. I don't even know my own last name. I don't so think he knows, yeah. It it doesn't matter. As long as you just identify me by my likeness and not AI, then then we're doing great. But uh, yeah, the, the kid Jordan, the kid so. rules. Uh, his highlight reel by the end of the year is going to be pretty sick. Right. Yeah. So we're talking Matt Patra, who is fantastic. I love everything about him. And if we were to compare and contrast, you know, he's had the the junior experience. He's too good for junior. He's 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 just fine at the NHL level. I mean, he's shown when he has a big move or a big play and it's great. And he's shown at times where again, he's only 19 contrast that with the development of a defender in Mason Lowry. Good transition, Lancey. This is why we pay you the big bucks. I don't get paid at all, but, uh, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask about that after the show. No, I'm kidding. Um, So with Mason Lowry, you know, if hearkening back to the days of David Pasternak as a first year player in the National Hockey League, where he was kind of up and down between Providence and Boston for a bit until he stuck with the team. I said this in our group chat outside of the show, where Lorai strikes me as being that type of a player where he just needs, he started in Providence. Great. He got called up because of everyone that's out right now. Great. He had a great debut. Great. His second game, not so great. Great. You know, like, that's fine. He's 22. He's in Providence for a reason. He's going to go back there soon. He can come back at some point during the year. It's fine. This is all how development works. It takes defenders a little bit longer to develop, traditionally speaking. It also just is a simple fact of he was playing college hockey. Now he's playing NHL hockey. And in between that, there's the AHL, which is much more suited to his game. I would rather him just light up the American Hockey League with 40, 50 points, the unrealistic expectation that he can contribute that at the NHL level right away and, you know, come into the league as a ready, a truly NHL-ready defender. There are elements of his game which are there that makes you say, oh, he looks like a Charlie McAvoy. Oh, he looks like a Kale McCarr. And I love that. But there's also elements of his game where you say hey, he needs a little more time, and it's totally fine. It looks like Dennis Weidman. He's he's Maybe somewhere... not Dennis Weidman, but <laughs> so he's he's somewhere on the so as far as like six five ish defenseman, he's somewhere in the Brandon Carlo to Dougie Handle uh, Dougie Hamilton scale. Um, like I, I want him to end up closer to Dougie Hamilton in terms of talent and skill but right now he's not there um and yeah i I agree with you i think it doesn't do him any good i I said this exact thing in our chat as well to be playing 12 minutes a night with ian mitchell um i'd rather him getting top power play top pairing minutes in the ahl right now and anytime they need him at the nhl level play him top four And I don't. To, I don't mind him happen. playing with Shattenkirk. I would prefer him playing with Carlo. But if if you're going to have him for a short little stint, then that is exactly what you do. If you don't have him for for that reason, um, to that end, I, I do want to just comment on Ian Mitchell for a moment because people, I don't think people really understand his game at all, and and it's fine. I don't blame you for not watching Chicago the last couple of seasons. But he is truly, in some ways, a reclamation project. I believe the Bruins system can benefit him and better his game. And in other ways, he is truly like almost a Connor Clifton 2.0, where he is that seventh defender. And 
he's still young. You know, if he makes the team full time next year, I would have no problems with that. But I, I just I think there have been a lot of people that have been like, oh, little Rye over Mitchell. It's like, no, that for for many reasons, absolutely not. Mitchell comes in first as the first call up and he can be fine. He's a lot better than um, uh, is it fork or spoon? Uh, Wotherspoon. No Pack offense, Wotherspoon. He's been fine in the very limited roles that we've seen him in the last couple of years. It seems whatever team he's been on, but uh, but you know, in in terms of just sheer development standpoint, Mitchell's great. Lowry's going to be even better. Wotherspoon's like, hey, Charlie. Next time, maybe you don't get suspended because uh, look at those couple of goals last night. You know that could have been a different outcome. Drew, you got any thoughts? Nope. Anything from, <laughs> anything from DraftKings? Um, I figured I'd splice that in at some point. Ah, uh, okay. Anything from Sebastian? <laughs> I was gonna do the uh, the Raycon read. Ah, uh, yeah. Go ahead and do the Raycon read if you want. I can do that. All right, and I'll bring up the DraftKings. Maybe too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it is never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. You've heard Drew talk about them. You've heard about getting duped in a good way, get duped. You've heard about getting a pair and a spare. But now, let's talk about what they got going on. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering delivering high quality and thoughtful features, like a 32-hour battery life, a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort, and this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. And their new faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. Heavy metal, great in your ears, not in your stomach. Typically speaking. It It is a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for de- delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in on the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% now. So beat the crowds, save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Discuss upcoming game by mentioning available lines and odds from the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Please do not provide betting advice on how audience should wager. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
four six seven three six nine in connecticut help is available for problem gambling eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort kansas licensee partner golden nugget lake charles louisiana 21 plus varies by jurisdiction void in ont we always assume that means ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming resources. Damn, that was solid, man. And one last thing. Sedano Chara, did we did we want to give him a shout out for finishing the New York City Marathon in three hours, 19 minutes, and 19 seconds? That's because no. that guy is no, insane. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's worthy of any <laughs> recognition. Yeah, that's well, sick. he's gonna haunt you in your sleep. Yeah, well, he always does. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Uh, he's just still living his best life. Just the a, guy is running a marathon. Just an like athlete state now. Just a, just a pure pure athlete. Yes, I I would not want to be him. <laughs> My body would be broken. Yeah, it says here Macklin Celebrini poised to be the number one pick in the 2024 draft. Good for him. Poised or Poitras. Poised. I'm positive he'll be the first pick. Do you, want me to, do you want me to dive into some other stuff that I was like randomly looking at sure. this past week? Yeah. Um, I was looking at the Bruins cap situation next year. Okay. Just, just you know, thinking about yeah, the Bruins had to deal with Doing some scheming. Had to do deal with some Krejci and and Bergeron cap gymnastics this year. Um, obviously, they got to figure out Swayman. So be easy. I'm figuring figuring Swayman comes in somewhere around the seven seven and a half million per year mark. Um, it's strong, but I like it. A bit strong. I mean, if he's taking a team discount, sure, right. Uh, I mean, the, the other thing being, if it's like an eight-year deal, I can see it. I honestly see more of a four-year contract. Okay. Uh, yeah, if he, if he does a four-year, that's probably more in the six, six and a half. Just because he's still so young now. I mean, he's, he's going to be, what, 25 at the end of this month? Yeah, if he does an eight-year deal, he comes up at 32. Right. So if you do a four-year now, then you do your next big deal after. I mean, that would be smart of him. That's, that's um, what I'm saying. But that would leave the Bruins with somewhere between 18 and $20 million in cap space to fill. JVR's up. Jake DeBrusque is up. And those are two of your top six wingers. Um, assume you can fill out the bottom six with you know guys you already have on your roster. Um, Patrick Brown. All four of the <laughs> Bruins centers are locked up. Uh so you don't really have to worry about that. Um, Matt Grizzlick's up. I think that's kind of where Lorai... biggest question mark. I, I think that's kind of where Lorai comes in, where, like, is he ready to take over that top four role? That could save you a bunch of money. Um, then really you're talking about Bruins maybe targeting some of the top free agents with some ample cap space. Um, and it's guys that, you know, Willie Nylander, not necessarily happy with where he is potentially. So some, it's hard to lure guys away from where they already are. Um, but you know, when there's some unrest, uh, Nylander could be an option. Or when a guy like Steve Simmons works in your city. Yeah. Um, but I feel like hot dog carts everywhere. Stamkos would be a really interesting option. Uh, if, if he, for some reason decides not to spend his entire career in Tampa Bay. So that's the thing. Like everyone that's like, Oh, they got to get, you know, like Elias Lindholm or this guy or that guy. Realistically, they'll probably end up with Stamkos. But at this point, you don't really, do you want Steven Stamkos? I do. I think that's, I think that's honestly smart. I, so one, he's fine. If, don't get me wrong. He's a hall of famer for sure. But it's like, you know, if, if you're a team that truly needs to transition and there's a better option available and all it takes is spending like two or three million dollars more, 
don't don't be dumb is what for, i'm saying for me it's not about the money necessarily it's about the term and right. i think doing something with an older player and i think honestly depending on how jvr looks toward the end of the season uh probably willing to bring him back um and looking at like all right when do we have to pay our young guys and when when are we gonna have to worry about that cap issue um for me the big thing is avoiding becoming the next pittsburgh penguins because uh yeah that's that experiment's going very well now pittsburgh as a quick aside they are in a last dance scenario like Boston was last year. There's no guarantees that Sidney Crosby and Gabby Malkin and Chris Letang play out the remainder of their contracts. They're getting up there in age. Injuries happen. You know, the, for all we know, one of them could get traded to Edmonton next year just because, you know, Chicago, Duncan Keith, that was a thing. Um, but they went out and they got Eric Carlson and they're like, our team, you know, we didn't actually get that much older, but they still did. And it's not to say that Eric Carlson isn't once in a generation type of defender, but it is just, you know, the, the balancing act of, okay, that you committed to this now and it's long-term tail end of their careers with the, the cup window closing, if not possibly being slammed shut this year, Boston had that already. You know, it, it really would be a fresh to see, that new direction, that new, as they've had the new core for the last few years now of Pasternak, McAvoy, Swayman, et cetera, that you continue that trend and you don't do the, the irrational, oh, well, we got to win now. You, you don't, you absolutely do not have to win now. You can win a year or two from now. So I'm glad you brought up the Penguins because there is somebody interesting who is going to be a free agent next year from that team. And that's mm-hmm. Jake Gensel. Mm-hmm. And that is a position that the Bruins will need. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be somebody very fun to stick on somebody like Matt, Matt, Matt Poitras wing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they, you get where I'm going with all this. <laughs> glad I'm hearing some agreement here. Uh, I, I do think the Bruins differ from the Penguins in in the way that it, it, last year obviously was number was one. They more, have a goaltender was a more penguin uh, type team, but yeah, uh, they got two goaltenders. Yep. Um, they have their core is younger. I mean, they don't really have a posture knock on that team. They don't really have a Charlie McAvoy on that team. I, I think there are a lot of different things that the Bruins could do next off season uh, that could take the franchise in different directions. But this is the first time that the Bruins have had this kind of fun amount of money to play with and a really good team. Marion Hosa, because that's the first name I think of. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Like, I mean the Zidane Chara signing, like that's, that's even further back. Like they've had like a little bit of money to play with and have gotten some like, fun players like Jerome Ginla, but that's not like a it's not he, a long term he's, he's a, this he's guy a big is name yeah, franchise. Yeah, they they could sign somebody for four to six years that could actually like come in. I mean Taylor Hall was interesting, but that was a, a trade and then sign kind of deal. Yep. Um and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's gonna be fun. And I think watching to recontextualize this so watching the team this year doesn't feel as urgent as it felt last year. Like if this team is great, then awesome. I'm really excited. It'll be fun watching them go into the playoffs. And then obviously I'll be rooting for them to win a cup. But like, if they don't, I'm not going to feel like that's the end. I'm going to feel like, all right, cool. Let's reload and try again next year. That's last really year, why I last year I felt like on Twitter. To just take a sip of Drew's drink and chill. <laughs> yes, everybody. Give me all that quash. I cut you off there, Chris, but continue. No, I was going to say about the same thing. Just want to you know, take a sip of Drew's drink and chill. Um, yeah, it, it just doesn't feel as urgent. It feels more enjoyable. So like the yeah. Bruins lose to the Ducks in overtime. And I'm not like, how could you possibly lose to this team? 
In game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. (laughs) First of all, final, no S. Second. Fine, the final. I'm sorry, I'm used to NBA, the final. Hey, how about that in-season tournament going on? Uh, Please never do that, NHL. The World Cup of Hockey is more exciting to me. What is this, soccer? Yeah, but, but soccer but has anyway, them all the time. Typo and all that. You know, again, it's you could make a really interesting signing. It could be a great signing. Or you could do what they've done for the last, like, five, six, seven years now and get the guy who's a safe bet. Not that the guy that would be legit changing the franchise wouldn't be a safe bet, but, like, you know, it's a little bit more daring to do that sort of a move than it is to just be like, oh, let's get Rick Nash at the trade deadline this year. If he gets hurt, oh well. But like we got Rick Nash. You know, but yeah, that's 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 why I liked the Shattenkirk and JVR signings so much because Absolutely. the the fans were thinking like, all right, either we gotta blow this up now or we gotta make some big moves. And to me, like seeing what you have because you still have most of the greatest regular season team in history and, you know, bringing in a couple of good underrated pieces just to supplement that. And for the most part, the guys that they lost, you know, the guys at the deadline that they lost in the off season, how many wins were they really part of? You're right. Everyone that was like, Oh, this team lost everything from the, you know, from the year before. Okay. But like Bergeron and Krejci, they, their win share, their point share, that is significantly larger than Tyler Bertuzzi. No offense to Tyler Bertuzzi, I think he's a wonderful guy. But you know, he might not be a wonderful guy. He might uh, not. I don't. I, I don't know him personally, <laughs> but I think he's a wonderful player. But it's like, you know, and he he hasn't been that good on Toronto this year, and I think which is also funny to me because he's a guy that just he takes his time adapting and, and getting used to the climate of things. And Toronto has absolutely no patience. If you thought Boston is bad when it comes to, you know, impatient fan base. If you're new to the NHL, uh, I'd like to introduce you to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They haven't won since 1967 and their fans expect that they win the cup every single night. Even if it's a regular season game against who sucks (laughs) right now, the San Jose Sharks. If they lose a game to the Sharks, it is their Armageddon. They're just like, we got, that's it. Trey Nylander. It's, it's his fault. It's Marner's fault. It's never Austin Matthews's fault or John Tavares's fault, but you know, it's, it's all, it's everyone else. They suck. And it's like, you guys have got to learn to just enjoy the ride. If you watch all 32 teams in a season at one point or another, you get to the point of the galaxy brain, you've reached like a state of NHL Nirvana. It's incredible. It's a lot of fun to watch hockey without, you know, taking it so goddamn seriously. <laughs> Speaking of not taking it too goddamn seriously, Drew, what's up, man? This cat <laughs> <laughs> jumping up. <laughs> We're almost Got at the thoughts, hour, man. Um, I think the Leafs fucking suck. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I, Chris, when you said like last year it felt like, oh, it's over. And this year, it, it, it's not like my expectation is cup like it was last year, honestly. Like it came down to that was my expectation going into the playoffs. Just you're the best team in the regular season history. Like, come on, you got that's got to be the bar. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I expect them to be competitive and be a playoff team. That's what I expected before they started nine, one and one. And now that they're nine, one and one, you know, consistency is the key thing in this sport um, to, you know, over the course of 82 games. But, um, and, and I think, you know, they just, the management just has to be smart going forward. Um, and who they bring in. And I, w- I would love, you know, Sweeney to, to get aggressive in the uh, in the free agent market, if he has the opportunity to this coming year, um, I think I think this team's in a really good spot where they've avoided the need to do a rebuild for a long time now. Um, they have remained competitive, even though there's turnover of legendary players. You know, I'm thinking back to you know Bork leaving, and you know maybe they missed the playoffs a couple years and. But they're they're right back there. Um, it's hard to remember that. I, I mean, I constantly forget that this team missed the playoffs like two years in a row in like 2016 or something. It feels like a decade ago to me now, which it's, it's almost, I mean, it's a, decade almost ago. a decade ago. Um, 
Give but like that's what years. I mean. Like if you just look at the amount of times this team has made the playoffs in their 100 years, it's it's kind of um, you know, especially in the modern history, it's pretty impeccable. So, but then you'll I'm have Joe a bunch of numbers spot. on Twitter say they made a playoffs but they didn't win, and you'll be like, dude, yeah, they won the cups. His name is Joe Haggerty, actually. Like 16 they're, they're teams six make for the playoffs 100. every year. Only one of them can win. I don't know yeah, what to tell you about odds. But there, like, there, are, there are only six for 100, though, is the issue uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is when you put it that way, it's a little bit depressing. <laughs> Yeah, it is a little bad, especially because many of those years there were just sixteen. <laughs> um, anyway, we're not going to go down that. Go dark that hole. It, you know, to summarize my thoughts, I agree. Bright future here, and you just you got this this core of Pasternak at McAvoy, and you got Lindholm, and you got good goaltending. Like it, it's just like good all around. And I miss Bergeron, miss Krejci, um, obviously, but um, the new era is here, and it's looking good yeah not to like extend the podcast further but like haven't mentioned zaka really who had like a mini slump at the beginning of the season and has just been like really though really good since i love pavel zaka i just ever since he was drafted by new jersey i was like this guy he's gonna be something and then when it wasn't quite working it was like yeah he just needs to go someplace else and he came here and i was like even better (laughs) (laughs) works for me yeah, I'm a, Just I'm a big fan. Uh, he's my he's my new Krejci. He's quickly becoming one of my favorites because I'm at that point. Like Bergeron's retired now, so I have to have a new favorite. And I'm like, well, everyone else would say Pasternak because he scores goals, or McAvoy because he's, you know, he's a bona fide stallion. And uh, and I'm like, well, you know, yeah, you could go with one of those guys, or you could go with the guy like uh, I don't know, like Pavel Zaka, who's the guy responsible for the other guys scoring the goals. Hell yeah, yeah, I like I like Zaka. He's a good guy. Uh, no, I was excited when they got him too, and felt like he was always just wasn't able to meet his full potential there in Jersey. And I'm glad he's he's come here and he's getting to, to fill that void that the Bruins have at center. And, and he's a big part of the reason I like feel confident in this team. Like he really stepped up. This is what the Bruins needed him to do. You got to be the number one guy at least for this season. Um, until we figure out what what's good with all the youngsters, um, so really really proud of of that move. Um, and proud of yeah. Him. Thanks for doing I'm just it, Drew. So proud. I'm just so proud of him. What? That was cool. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, that's great transition. Just I'm just proud of him, and I'm proud of you, listeners, for listening. Um, thanks. Especially for putting up with me. No. <laughs> um, that was a long episode. Yeah, that was a long episode. It was. And it's almost, still going. Almost it's Johnny Boychuk minutes. <laughs>